You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day and welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Paul Dennett from Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered. Cricket Daily has recently been nominated for the Best Sports Podcast at this year's Australian Podcast Awards. These guys are really up against it with, with this release schedule that they've given themselves. Like a few people that we've spoken to in the past in the news space, they're looking to do a daily re- release and, and talk about the cricketing world that's happened in the 24 hours before that. It's that take on that daily news style podcast. So think the daily or the squeers or any of those kind of shows. Yeah, they aim to serve all cricket-loving corners of the earth, so their release time reflects that, and they've tried to kind of work it around when it might best hit everyone's eardrums. But I think it's also a good sort of example of doing what you're passionate about. Both of these guys are absolute cricket nuts, so they've found their niche, and they're taking it for a ride. I think it's a good example of do what you're passionate about. These guys are both cricketing nuts, so they're having a ball doing what they're doing. Stocks, what do you think of the whole thing? Yeah, they definitely are fun. They've got some good chemistry there. I mean, look, if you're recording a podcast at 1am after a live final, you've got to be pretty keen. Look, it's dedication to the craft. That enthusiasm definitely comes through in the podcast. And look, these guys are involved in more podcasts than just this, so they know what they're doing. So this is definitely something they're not doing just to do it. It's something they're doing because they love it and they have ambitions to take it somewhere. So, cool format. Didn't know it existed and uh, really have enjoyed listening to it. And I think we got pretty lucky because the T20 World Cup was on. So, there was really good content, which actually made me get somewhat engaged in the T20 World Cup, as in paying a little bit of attention that was on was probably my level of engagement, which was up from not knowing it was on, which is my baseline for cricket. So, we're talking absolute bandwagon stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Aussies won. Couldn't get luckier than that. So, yeah, (laughs) perfect. All right, well, with that, why don't we go over to Paul and hear all about Cricket Daily. Paul, take it away. Cricket Daily is uh, a show that's trying to capture the fact that cricket is a pretty big world game with lots of stuff to talk about and uh, lots of controversy and lots of news. And so the aim is to have uh, a show every day of the working week. Uh, 15 minutes is uh, the the limit, although we've started to break that as the... the more and more controversial topics come up, and I suppose the idea is that it's um, if you love cricket, whether you're in uh, Bangalore or uh, the Caribbean or Auckland or Sydney, that you can tune in, uh, get your fix of the the weird and wonderful things that happen across the world, and also hopefully enjoy the the chat and the the conversation. So it's a pleasant walk with your dog or on the on the way to work. It's a it's a good ac- accompaniment for your ear. Yeah, right. Look, um, congratulations on uh, being a finalist in the Podcast Award for Best Sports Podcast. Thank you. It's very uh, exciting. And it's, you're spot on. It's Cricket's become a 12-month-a-year international sport. What's the second most played or watched sport in the world behind football? I'll take that. I think yeah. um, I think some basketball adherents might disagree, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Well, we'll be basketball <laughs> fans, but I don't think it's, it's, it's played professionally in as many countries. But, um, it, it truly is a 12-month sport. I was listening to some of your older podcasts, and I didn't realise it was basically a British equivalent to the IPL. That seems to just there's just always something on because I was amazed that you guys are going five days a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean the English are amazing. They invented um, they they invented every innovation in the game and then fell behind in every innovation of the game. They- <laughs> 
they created T20 cricket at the uh, 2002, and it was going gangbusters. Then India said, actually, we like this, and they've just turned it into. Uh, I mean, the other day, the owners of Manchester United went to bid for an IPL franchise, and they bid an extraordinary amount, and turned out to be half as much as needed. The the, the two new franchises went, I think, collectively for about two billion Australian dollars. Wow. Whoa! And so, yeah, England has now finally caught up again and created their own version of T20 cricket, which is. 100 balls rather than 120. So they've shaved 20 balls off it just to kind of... Um, just a little bit different. more excitement. Yes, we wanted cricket to have 706 formats rather than 705, <laughs> and they've certainly succeeded in doing that. They've really annoyed the purists, which is quite beautiful, like the um, the old-fashioned cricket-loving uh, 75-year-old English white man who um, hates any change absolutely loathes the 100. Yeah, so. Yep. so they're debuting it at Lords and just really making yes. sure they rub it in with everyone. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And so tell us a bit about the, the incarnation of the show. I mean, this is, it's sort of changed formats a little bit over the time or there's been other shows that you've done in the past? Yeah, uh, Andrew Mensel um, is my friend and I met him via podcasting. He's, he started Cricket Unfiltered, which was initially called the Australian Cricket Podcast in 2013. Uh, he is a, a massive podcast consumer and was getting very annoyed that all the cricket podcasts were based out of England. And he wanted one basically so he could rant and rave and be pro-Australian and quite parochial one-eyed Australian, but very um, uh, good-natured and intelligent banter as well. So uh, I got involved in that and we've been doing that together um, on and off since 2015. I've been involved in it and more regularly um, on, the, on the show all the time and he's been saying there's a there's a spot for a daily show there's uh, apparently it's a trend in podcasts that daily news type shows are becoming more and more regular big and, time big time yeah, yeah and it was kind of around about I mean cricket seems to have a massive controversy every few months and one of the latest controversies which slips my mind because they come and go so quickly was on and he said we really need to get this daily show up and running so that's what we did. We got a panel of about 12 semi-regular uh, co-hosts and basically it ended up being I would do a show with one of the co-hosts, next day Menas would do a show with one of the co-hosts and away we kind of went. So we did about 105 episodes in a row, um, so that was what, 21 weeks um, back to back to back, which was fantastic, um, full on, a lot more work than um, yeah. I'd kind of expected and... Um, yeah, there's even more cricket around the world than I'd kind of um, kind of known that there was. And so then we paused it just in the lead up to this uh, World Cup that's just started. So we've, we're focusing more on the Australian side at the moment. We're doing a lot of um, live YouTube broadcasts and then putting them onto the Cricket Daily um, channel as well. And we're really keen to get it back up and running as a five-day-a-week show, but we're kind of at this point, we really need to kind of try and source some sponsorship and really um, make something um, financially viable out of it if we're going to put that sort of level of work in. But hopefully that's what we can do. Yeah, it's a heck of a time commitment to go live every day. You're publishing at, what, 3 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, is that right? Yeah. So we weren't going live with the podcast. We're going pretty close to live. We're trying to record it about... One in the afternoon, although um, one of our co-hosts is in, um, Cape, in Cape Town. And so we kind of worked out that if she recorded it at midnight, well, no, 11 p.m. her time and 7 a.m. our time, that was kind of just about doable for both. Spot, yeah. yeah so, and then we hoped that nothing happened between 7, yeah. 7 a.m. And, <laughs> and 3 p.m. So, yeah, we'd, we'd end up getting it sometime 9, 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon and then release it at 3 o'clock each day, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so what's the process behind the show? I mean, behind an episode, I guess. Are you doing much prep? Is it? Yeah, I mean, the the prep was. Some days the prep wasn't so long. If if Australia had had a big game the night before, and I'd watched every ball of it, the prep I'd kind of my, my usual wasting of my life watching cricket was the prep. Um, but um, other times when there was not so much going on, then it was a question of really, especially when things were going on overnight in England, um, we'd be waking up and watching highlights 
reading about what had occurred, checking all the different games around the world, checking all the different news sources to try to find what was um, newsworthy, and then kind of just putting it all together, liaising with the co-panelists to work out some topics of interest, and then and then going from there. So we try to keep it fairly preparation free, but it ended up it would take a few hours each day to try to to, to to get something decent together. Right. So a lot of the preparation is really just consuming a cricket and being across it, but not sitting down and workshopping out what the format of fifteen minutes is to be or Yeah, I think initially we were kind of just um we were just work out, okay, look, uh, you watch the IPL game, so you, you you take the lead on that. I watch this game, I'll take the lead on that. Neither of us watch that game, but we'll sort of uh, wing it there. Yeah. And then towards the end, we've started to maybe change the format a little bit and have it more, we'll get the main news headlines out of the way right at the start. And so if, if, if a, a game involving, um, you know, Pakistan had played Bangladesh the night before, we'd give the scores for that. And then kind of if nothing else had happened in that game, we'd kind of leave that there to give more room for talking and discussing because I think that's what the audience was probably um, appreciating more. I'm a big fan of um, Mike and Mike. I don't know if that's... Yeah, the ESPN guys. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're no longer together. But oh, they, oh, Mike and the Mad Dog, was it? Or no, Mike and Mike on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Golick yeah. and Greenberg. And they yeah. used to do that where they'd get the sports centre out of the way and then they'd give them time to really sort of delve into the, um, the talking points. So you got your fix of news and you got the, the, the chance to hear the discussion. And how did you guys first meet? I had started a little podcast with my friend Patrick Avenel called Pat, Bat and Ball with Pat and Paul. And, um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> great titles. <laughs> um, might have been the only great thing about the show. But, um, and Menas, I think, uh, heard an episode of that because of his voracious um, consumption of podcasts. And so he contacted me and said, do you want to have a, uh, a go at, um, at Cricket Unfiltered? And uh, I think Menas has got a very good eye for someone who – pretends to be interested in cricket but really actually has a life and isn't and unfortunately i fit into the category of i genuinely am like one of the first things we discussed was how the last tour that had no coverage on australian television or radio was in 1994 and menas and i had both obviously independently of each other sat up during the night waiting for the half hour news bulletins on the am radio um and to, to listen to see whether steve ward and we'd, we'd done exactly the same thing on the opposite sides of the city never, never having met so he kind of looked at me and thought yeah you're as bad as me so um then i kind of became a, a bit of a regular on the show that's so great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and was there a bit of sort of strategy that went into the to the release time of when you wanted to do the live show i mean it, it crosses over those time zones of of sydney london uh, Cape Town, Mumbai, like Los Angeles, like you've really covered off every corner of the world. I mean, I know trying to book some meetings sometimes that can be a challenge in and of itself. Yeah, it was a very strategic time. Uh, Menas came up with it and it was kind of, we thought our biggest three time zones would be India, Australia and England. And so 3pm was kind of in time for the rush hour in Australia for the the commute home, mm. trying to pitch in and sort of just before lunchtime in India and just after people had woken up in um England. What we discovered was that our biggest audience was Australia, as we kind of expected, because we had, I suppose, some people crossed over from our Cricket Unfiltered show, which is predominantly about Australian cricket. But our second biggest audience was the United States. Um, wow, okay. And that, you know, amazed me. But it's predominantly, we think, expats, expats. from India, Pakistan, um, and other parts of the, the subcontinent living in, you know, uh, California or wherever else, tuning in. And, and probably for them, maybe they don't get any cricket news unless they seek it out. So maybe it was probably, whereas if you lived in a cricketing country, you're kind of getting it anyway. This was maybe something that they really enjoyed. Yeah. And 
does it take a does it take any sort of times where you think oh shit well it's it's quarter two now we don't really have a whole lot to go on here like do we just need to get up and wing this thing for fifteen minutes and yeah <laughs> definitely yeah. Uh, well that's there were some days where we were like what are we going to talk about today and we found ourselves talking about in detail about the the four day county games in in England like you know Kent was up against Worcestershire last night and we're talking about what's going on and then the next day. Ollie Robinson, English cricketer, was uh, who just made a spectacular debut, was suspended for historical racist and sort of uh, sexist, ill-considered tweets. And that was a massive talk. And from then on, it just never stopped. So it was kind of, we started at the very quietest point of the year. Um, and then from then on, it was kind of, we never really had that experience uh, again, which is, again, I think just cricket is, mm. it is a bonkers sport where it's uh, here, there and everywhere all the time. And it sounds like the show just must go on. I, the first one I heard was, I think, two weeks ago, I listened to, and one one of you was talking, I'm not sure if it was yourself, and basically you were talking away and then went, oh, here's my co-host, after about three or four minutes. And I, because I'd never heard the format before, <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't even realise that there was supposed to be a second person here, just sort of winging it. Yeah. So there must come with a lot of pressure, I guess, to produce every day well that's since we've started going actually live and so yeah that was um uh that was menace doing that to me because menace had sort of said um yeah we'll go live at whatever time um and i didn't realize he meant literally that time and so i was about 90 seconds late and i tuned into the live youtube and to see that menace is already talking and i've suddenly put on that's when he said yeah here we are it's kind of i think it was a message to me like don't be late again i was like <laughs> i wasn't love that it. late <laughs> Message received. <laughs> and also, look, respect. I listened to your episode on Sunday after the semi-finals in the T20 World Cup after the, after the Australia game, and you guys have been up at like one AM recording after the game, the Australia West Indies game. I thought, damn, that's some respect, and sort of trying to be excited but trying to not wake your wife up. Yeah, man. yeah, risking the marriage. <laughs> Both of us did that. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about that was that the next day I had a drive, and I realised my memory of that show didn't exist because I'd done it on no sleep. But I thought, I could actually listen to this and enjoy the show and find out what happened in the games by hearing myself speak because I've got no memory of actually doing it. Um, so, yeah, that was the good thing about that was that um, had Australia then been knocked out a few hours later, we'd made a commitment we were going to do another show at 5am live after that um, and that would have been terrible so um, it was really good that that didn't happen. But it was wonderfully candid of you to go in the moment, look, we're recording at this time by the time you're listening to this, you're already going to know that Australia's in or out. We're 90% sure, but if not, we'll record this follow-up thing and it'll be a train wreck. Yes. So, and, and it'll be awesome as well. So yes. it's really, really good deal sort of leaning into the realities of the situation. Someone I'll, also mentioned going easy on the English and the press. So, I mean, can we attribute that to the lack of sleep on that one as well? Well, that was, um, yeah, that's another. That's a, a, a long debate that Menas and I have had. I, I think it's a, it's a thing as well that people in England think when the English cricket team come to Australia, Australia, that it's like it was in the 1920s, when in the 1920s it genuinely was. Um, there's a famous scene in the Bodyline miniseries, which is fictional, but it's like they're all standing there at the at the um, the wharf, telling them to go go home, you and the, you know a few swear words, sort of. Uh, you know, they've gone on a six week boat voyage to be greeted by these larrikin colonials. <laughs> and back then, Australia at the bottom of the world, we had nothing else. Like every two years, the, the the superpower of the world would come and play us in cricket, and it was like, oh wow, someone's noticed us. We're not quite like that anymore. In fact. I think we've kind of gone the other way, that we're at the Sydney Cricket Ground, they have mid-strength beer. If you get a bit too raucous, you'll get kicked out. I was over in England in 2019, and the atmosphere there is it's its completely flipped. That um, The the, the chance um, towards this, oh, I think it's amazing. Like, it's just, you know, uh, this sort of... Um, and smaller grounds, a little bit more intimate. And just, yeah, yeah, and a real f- soccer football-style um, atmosphere. Like, I was sitting there, and um, my mate 
because he was a bit provocative, had a big Australian flag. And when Australia did something good, he, he held up the Australian flag. And we sat down, then bang, in the back of my head, I got hit by a small piece of um, stone fruit aimed at him, and they missed him. And then a minute later, bang, I got hit again. And again, they're aiming for him, but missed, missed him and got me. That's probably getting a little bit too um, yeah. <laughs> too tasty. But the rest of the day was uh, – I read about an Australian family who just booked tickets randomly, and I think we were expecting an Australian-style experience. And they got there, and it was just – the abuse that the crowd gave to Steve Smith and David Warner, who just come back from their suspensions yeah. and yeah. the whole sandpaper oh, yeah. thing, and and you know there's the your convicts, your convicts, your convicts over there, and they're, they're sort of <laughs> reverberating around the ground, and. Um, uh, the one thing was when they were saying to Steve Smith, we saw you crying on the telly. And it's like the whole 15,000 people <laughs> to this guy. And I thought, geez, they're full on over here. So uh, that's when I think when they say Australia's full on, I think, no, it's not. We're, we're, we're much more um, polite than the English are. Did your mate take off the flag or did you cop a few more stone fruits to the head? No, my mate, who happens to look just like George Gregan, um, <laughs> was was loving it. He thought, and he was up there. And then they suddenly- um, Well, he wasn't getting hit. No. <laughs> but I don't want to swear, but um, on, on this oh, show- Oh, swear, swear. Oh, yeah, the, they then started saying, you're just a shit George Gregan. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought it was like, he was in heaven. He thought it was the best thing he'd ever said. The whole stand was singing to him. <laughs> I guess the one thing we don't have in Australia as well, we don't have the coordination, as in you can't coordinate a crowd to sing in unison, get the songs, do all that. It just doesn't seem to happen. No, absolutely Unless not. It's Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And that's, yeah, that's uh, the that's best we've been able to come we up can, and go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, they just take it straight from their football um, chants. That's what, yeah. 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 And we, we just can't go. And I, I think we shouldn't try to compete because when we have tried it, they, they, they also sing to us, you've only got one song um, because, you know, the Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And so whenever, whenever we start a little bit of that, it's, you've only got one song. And it's like, oh, yeah, you guys yeah. You're just better than Checkmate. Us. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be quiet right now. Just better win this match. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the same paper. Well, one, one thing I really love about your show is it's got the banter. It's definitely got the humour and that comes across and, and, and I guess the chemistry. But you guys don't muck around. You get to what's happened. As you were saying, the sort of Mike and Mike thing. I mean, we've done a lot of work with the great cricketer guys and they really just talk these sort of big narratives and this sort of mythology of being a great cricketer and they don't really get down to what's happened in the game. Whereas you guys, it's like, okay, I know what's happened in the game. You guys know what you're talking about and there's humour in there as well. It's a really nice blend. Did you have that straight away? Or, I mean, how do you develop that? I think it comes from being quite passionate about the sport. There are so many funny things that happen in the game that it kind of lends itself to... And we we come at it from very different points of view. Um, so we both r- really enjoy the sport, but um, I have a kind of a, a different way of thinking about it to men's, and so it, it kind of lends itself to a bit of a little bit of banter in that way. Uh, although, I mean, I, I think the great cricketer show is amazing. I, I think it's hilarious. One of the funniest shows. I, I've, I I wish that we could be like them sometimes, but we've got to be ourselves. And so we're probably we're probably a little bit more on the towards the earnest side of just talking about the game as genuine fans, but. Hopefully not too earnest and have a have a bit of a laugh as well. No, it's definitely not too earnest or too dry. It's it's really good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, how did you find these other? You're saying you have sort of eleven co-hosts. How did you find them? Is it? How do you? It, I mean, I guess there's a lot of cricket sickos out there, but how, how do you go find them? <laughs> yeah, there's a few that um, uh, we probably knew. Menes is great in terms of um, networking and contacting. Um, uh, Barrett Sundarasan is a, an Indian journalist who's now living in Adelaide and um, he's come out here and um, he, he's involved in a lot of Australian uh, media outlets and he's just a, a, a guy that'll say yes to basically everything. So he he was a really good get and he's every time we asked him to come on, he came on and, and really sort of gave the show um, uh, a real fill up. And we've got a couple of others um, like that. And then I suppose Twitter is the uh, is the big one. Over the years, you on Twitter, there's a pretty big cricket Twitter community Cr- out cricket there. Cricket Twitter's a thing, right? Yeah. Big time, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> 
because I'm so into it, I sometimes think that that's the only thing on Twitter. But that's <laughs> <laughs> well, you can create your own rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, that's easy. I've certainly done that from time to time. I mean, sometimes you got to pull out of it yeah. and look at other things. But yeah, so probably from from that as well as the other way of, of, of sourcing um, co-hosts. Do you give people like a bit of kind of vetting time just to to try them out on air and see if what works and if you have a bit of on air banter or do you just sort of get them up? Let's see, let's trial by fire, really. I think most of them we'd um, heard them before and we knew that they'd be. Um, quite good um, and also in the early days when we were not doing it live there was always that um, the facility to I suppose edit a show or cancel a show if needs be but um, everyone that we had on was 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 good you know they'd all done um, their research they all could talk about the game and so there's never a problem but if someone had been a train wreck we probably would have yeah um, canned the show that day and maybe Menazar or me done a monologue <laughs> right okay do you have different people based on on the different formats of of cricket and everything? I mean, there's someone like the Ashes specialist or the or the Test or the match IPL specialist. specialist yeah. Or- yeah, it's probably we're trying to get more of a range of uh, nationalities, um, mm. and so that that was the the time zone was making that quite difficult. That um, uh, we had uh, um, Fatima, who goes by the name of the Popping Crease in South Africa, who's fantastic, but we only able to do a couple of shows with her because that time zone was a real, really, uh, really painful. Um, but then, yeah, we we're just trying to sort of spread it so that we had as many different accents and voices as possible. That um, we didn't want it just to naturally. Menes and I are going to focus on Australia because that's where we are, but we wanted to make sure that we could um, expand that as much as possible. So if there's a game, you know, we try and time it such that we had Robin Chipperfield, a guy from England who's now actually out living in Australia, that if um, England had played a game, we might try and get him on the next day and, yeah. and, and do it in that sort of way. So you're trying to get him to stay on English time zone now so you can record and listen <laughs> to watch those games? I think he might even be. He's still heavily involved in um, Nottingham sports, so maybe I don't know how he's, um, how, whether he's getting much sleep at all. Yeah, right. So how are you recording these? Are you on, you're not meeting up face-to-face or you're dialing in? or Yeah, dialing in. So we're doing it on... Um, on Zencaster, um, yep. and then more recently on Streamyard, um, so and occasionally on Zoom if if needs be if someone's Zencaster wasn't working. Right. So just yeah, remotely, and then the more recent ones have been on Streamyard, often live to YouTube. Then we'll strip the audio out and, and load it up to the podcast just after that. All oh, right, that gives you the go live component to it. Yeah, and then uh, you can get some listener reaction. The, the, the comments will come through. You can talk about them on the air and that kind of thing as well. Right. So you've done some sort of taking questions live as well. Yeah, so on YouTube, when they write them, they appear there. So we just um, um, read them out and, um, and and go from that. So, which is actually quite good because it's um, you only need two or three, and it can really give the show a little bit of an extra dynamic that you otherwise wouldn't have had. I think. Are you finding some good questions coming from the audience? Yeah, always. Um, and uh, it's also just sort of a guide as to what they're what they're thinking, whether you're on the right track or um, uh, it's. I, I think that. That would be something that if we could even get uh, more more of that and really start to sort of pump it up, but it, it's good for the vibe as well and for the for the banter, I think as well. Okay, yeah, it's quite interesting, I think as well. If you get that sort of you, you talked about having different voices and nationalities on, you can get that with the live show. If people are tuning in to listen to this, you can start to get you know while it's not going to be their voice, it will be their opinion from their team or whoever they're you know wanting most to be heard about from your guys' voices. Yeah, definitely. And there is such a, a crazy diversity of opinions in cricket. Whether there is um. You know, there are people on cricket Twitter that I've met who are living in India, never have left India, and they're just mad Australian fans. They support Australia as opposed to India, or really? they'll, yeah, or they'll support the West Indies as opposed to India. Or you know, there's um, you know, there is some 
real strange loyalty that cricket breeds. I think, you know, maybe what you were watching when you were a kid. A lot of my friends growing up the time that I did, um, West Indies were the dominant um, uh, sp- dominant force in cricket. Some of my friends are still to this day West Indies fans because of what they did in the mid-1980s. So it's a, it's a, strange, a strange mix. It yeah, is so such a global so- thing, right? I remember, yeah, good Indian friend I had was just the biggest Mark Waugh fan in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so elegant, you know, and just, just raved about him. Just, yeah. Or anyone who's, different... seen, anyone who's seen Brett Lee on the Bollywood films, they're now converted to the Australian side for the rest oh. of the <laughs> Or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brett Lee was, I think, he was uh, learning Hindi at one stage. He's, um, he's made a fortune in India. I think he got um, a massive chicken sponsorship over there. Like, it was a company that's like their equivalent of Ingham Chicken, but um, for 1.4 billion people, obviously some of them are veg- vegetarians, but I think he did quite well out of it. <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us a bit, bit more about your history as well. So you'd, you'd done that podcast before. Had you? Was that your first kind of foray into podcasting? Or oh, try- and also what affords you the uh, flexibility to yeah. be able to do this? I, that was my first – I think that was my first podcast, yeah. Um, and, and then after that, Cricket Unfiltered. And then I think that, that led to a fair few – I've done a, f- a fair few guest spots on um, – other cricket podcasts and a little bit of radio and other stuff that's um, all all stemmed from that. Um, and uh, I, I was in finance, and then uh, more recently have been doing a variety of other things. That's and that's what's been allowing this, like you know, freelance editing and proofreading and voiceover work and that sort of stuff. So um, uh, that's the sort of thing. It would be a lot harder with a, a regular nine to five job. Although I think in twenty twenty one probably easier than it would have been any any other time. That the, the flexibility starting to happen in even in regular jobs. I think. Yeah, put your lunch break in for. Recording time. Yeah. Away <laughs> you go. And you've got a background in science as well? Uh, yeah, I did a science degree. Um, yeah, how did you know that? You've got- oh. <laughs> bit, of, bit of stalking online. That's fantastic. Yeah, so research. <laughs> Shouldn't be surprised. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a long, long time ago. Yeah, but I did do a science degree back in the back in the day. So, um, yeah, I'm very um, still interested in it and frustrated by the way that the world's going. But um, yeah. <laughs> so we've got another podcast in the making. Then more of a science based one. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Um, yeah, it'd be. I think it would be. It'd be good. But I might. It might, might tear my hair. Out. The frustrated scientist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and tell us about what the. Obviously, we've got the summer of cricket coming up. Is there big plans for what the show is going to look like over the next few months? Yeah, I mean, we'd love to do it. Uh, get get back to doing it uh, five days a week and live, and then also um, do uh, live reaction after each day of the Ashes. So that's potentially twenty five days of cricket and. That could be really, really good fun. And um, we've still got the next couple of days, a bit of sleepless nights ahead. We've got Australia playing in the um, the semi-final yeah, on Thursday night. So Friday morning, 1am it starts, so probably finishes about 4.30am. So if we're suitably motivated and our wives are suitably... Um, <laughs> You know, sleeping deeply enough, we might do one at one at five a.m. on on um, on Friday morning. And do you reckon we're a chance? Definitely. I mean, I think at this stage it's almost a almost a toss of the coin. So you'd say we're about a we're probably a one in four chance, given that we've got to win two games. Maybe one in five if you could say that England and Pakistan are the two favourites. But uh, Menes has been riding Australia off the entire time, so we shouldn't have even bothered going over there. I love this. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you're already proven to be right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't so much saying that I thought we we're going to win. I'm just saying. It was a bit irrational to say we had no chance because, of course, we had a chance. Um, we're Australians. So, we always have a chance. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so now that we're at, that the, um, at this point, if, if we happen to win the whole thing, I'll, I'll definitely be going back and um, 
uh, clipping out the the audio to play to, to, to remind everyone of what he said. <laughs> you simply have to, yeah. Definitely. And you're talking about looking for sponsorship money. Could you just, I guess, give any potential sponsors out there an idea of what your audience is like in terms of what you know about the demographic? And Yeah, well, what we'd be looking at is probably a, it would be a package of Cricket Unfiltered and um, uh, Cricket Daily. Uh, so Cricket Unfiltered is... Um, largely Australian and largely male, um, and um, which is probably a pretty good demographic for advertisers. And I think that um, uh, Cricket Daily has that as well. We'd love to build it to be uh, more of a global audience, but at the moment it's um, the, the the Australian side of it is, is the biggest. And I suppose our biggest selling point is that on both shows we have a pretty good listen-through rate, as in um, we tend to find that people start listening, listen to the whole show. So if you were... Uh, um, an advertiser who had some sort of uh, niche that could sort of uh, match the cricket-loving niche, then you're going to get a pretty good um, product. And I, our main show, Cricket Unfiltered, uh, we have Jaleesa apps from Channel 10 on there as well. And I think the three of us have a pretty good um, a pretty good vibe as well. So when I say our main show, our, 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 our longer existing show. So, um, you know, if you, if you if you want to be associated with us, you, you'll probably sound like a, a friend, um, a, a friendship for the listeners, which is probably a good thing for the product to have. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and you you want that specific audience. I mean, it, if it's 90% men, that's great. You know what you're getting. Yeah. You know you're hitting your target demo. So, one thing we like to ask of all of our guests is just any advice that they can give to other podcasters. I mean, you've obviously taken on quite an ambitious uh, task yourselves, going live every day and, and what you want to cover off in the world of cricket. What would you give to other people out there? Don't make it a chore for yourself is the big thing, that you want to make it something that you look forward to doing. And it can very quickly become a chore and you tend to find, I think everyone, it's probably a truism of the podcasting world, that everyone thinks it's a half-hour podcast, therefore it's half an hour of work. And obviously it's many times that. So in the early days, don't worry about um, whiz-bang audio equipment or great music tracks or even great guests. Just make it sure that it's something that you're going to look forward to doing um, however often you're going to do it. And, you know, if it takes off and it's something, if, it, if it becomes something really good, you can invest in better equipment and um, make it a little bit more polished. But in the early days, just have fun with it. And don't do it with the intention of saying, I'm only going to be satisfied if we get X number of listens. If you can enjoy doing it, do something that you're proud of, then you can't control the rest of it. Obviously, you promote it and do everything else like that. But it has to be something that you're going to enjoy and don't make it a chore for yourself. Sometimes you can save a poor show in the edit, obviously, by cutting mm. out all the boring stuff. But if you're having to edit too much and it's like, oh, here we go again, you, you'll give up. But, you know, give it a go anyway. If you give up after three episodes, then you're probably uh, equivalent to, what, 50% of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's half of podcasts on Apple have uh, only done one episode. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just get out there and get the runs on the board. Exactly, yeah. And enjoy oh, it. Oh, boom tish. Yep, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't even know that. Was a, for me, that's such a normal thing to say. I didn't realise it was cricket related. <laughs> and then how about any podcasts that you're into personally? I mean, they can cover off cricket, some other ones that you like in there, or it can be absolutely anything else. Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, I do love the great cricket. I do love um, cricket, um, the uh, Final Word Cricket podcast with uh, Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. This is not a podcast, but I've just listened to Ernest Shackleton's audio book of his voyage to the South Pole, and that was unbelievable. I highly recommend that. It's not exactly... There are podcasts out there on Shackleton, so um, search for those. And I really like some of the history podcasts that the BBC uh, have put out. If you... Um, I think it's This Day in History, or they have this obviously incredible archive, and you can be listening to... Uh, you know, the other day I was listening to one of the, the last survivors of the Titanic talking about... Um, 
his experience of it and it, it was back in the 1960s when he was he was old but he wasn't that old and he was still very lucid and it was just you know that's i think one of the things that i love most about audio is the real the really archival um, audio stuff that you can just get the shivers of thinking, oh, my God, this is 90 years ago, but it sounds as fresh as today. Some great recommendations. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks very much for coming and joining us today. We don't go live, but so we're <laughs> maybe a little less precious than what you're used to, but hey, you've delivered. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, it's been fun. really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. And will, will, will we be seeing you at the podcast awards? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, Manners will be there. I'll be there. Um, All right. We'll we'll tip a couple over. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Sweet. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Cheers.